The information contained on this platform represents the opinion of the host and shall not be understood, construed as or a substitute for medical or health advice. Please see a health professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. It's the Black Health 365 podcast, and we are here to make sure you look good on the outside and even better on the inside. After all, looking good, feeling good, and living a healthy lifestyle 365 days of the year should be a daily choice. Here at the Black Health 365 podcast, we will address the healthcare disparities within the Black community with trusted voices and information to empower a healthy lifestyle. Ain't that right, Britt? I'm talking about mind, body, and soul. What's good, 365ers? My name is Britt Daniels, your fit life coach, yogi, and entrepreneur, joined by my beautiful co-host, Jackie Page, radio personality for Magic 107.5975, quick plug, and uh, personal trainer. <laughs> Welcome to the Black Elf 365 podcast. <laughs> As y'all know, fam, it's our mission to be champions of truth and change by providing y'all with personalized healthcare information and resources from trusted professionals. We are here to empower the Black community to make healthier choices all year long. And Jackie, can you introduce our very intelligent guest today? We have a great guest joining us today. We have Angelique Charles, also known as the uh, limpy butterfly. I don't want to get into exactly just yet um, why you recall that, but uh, Angelique is from hot Phoenix, Arizona. Is that right? Around Phoenix, Arizona. It's a big metropolitan area, but Phoenix. From Phoenix, Arizona, um, a graduate of Grand Canyon University. Um, she has a warm Southern Creole, uh, soul, spirit, and roots. And she loves singing, traveling, as well as uh, she's a church girl. So, uh, Angelique, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me on today. I'm really excited about this. We're excited to have you, 365ers. Um, this is going to be a really interesting um, and very eye-opening conversation, I think, for both me and Britt, as well as you. We are talking about uh, lymphedema. Um, which is something that has really been affecting men, women, especially in the Black community. I don't think we have a lot of information about it, which is one of the reasons why we wanted to sit down um, and chat with Angelique today. So like I said, I know this is going to be a really great conversation. To kick things off, though, um, let's go ahead and get into these check-ins. So Angelique, with you being our guest today, um, we just like to check in to see how you know everybody's doing, reading the room, checking everybody's temperature. So how are you doing today? You know what? I'm doing good. I'm really excited to be on the show today. I'm really excited about um, being able to get word out about lipedema awareness. I think that Black um, people are affected by it more than they actually understand. So it seems to be like a good day, um, pretty positive day. And I'm excited about what we're going to accomplish during this time. Absolutely love it. Britt, how are you doing on this good day? I'm on a move in peace and maintain type of day, Jackie. I'm not going to lie. It's been a very eventful week for me, um, putting out a lot of energy, doing a lot of great things in the community. Um, but I'm definitely um, on that tightrope of grind and trying to relax. So uh, I'm trying to hold it down. How about you? What's going on with you? I'm tired. I'm not going to hold you. I don't know like what has happened within the last 24 hours, but I literally went to work today feeling drained. I got home, felt drained, 
I typically take a nap when I come home and it's usually like 15, 20 minutes. But today that thing was about an hour and a half. My alarm clock kept going off and I kept saying, okay, whatever, snooze, snooze, snooze. And eventually I just turned off. So yeah, I'm... I'm tired, but I felt like we talked about this a few weeks ago in one of our other podcast episodes um, about actually like listening to your body. And I feel like that's exactly what I was doing today. So instead of saying like, hey, you know, I'm just going to do this 30 minute nap, I actually kind of extended it. So, um, yeah, we'll tie it. <laughs> going on from that, uh, I'm happy that you're listening to your body. Um, and, and that's really important. Um, going off of that, you know, I was reading this article the other day about Miss um, Elliott. Um, she, um, recently just got enrolled into the rock hall of fame, the first rapper to ever do it. Of course, Missy would do it. She did a lot of good work in the nineties, two thousands. And, um, what she was talking about, um, was that despite reaching this new platform of success, she's been dealing with a lot of anxiety. She's been listening to her body and she's been experiencing this and has been very open and vocal about it. And it's, it's so impressive. Um, Jackie, I know you are a woman that works in, I would describe as, uh, upper echelon spaces <laughs> and, and high stresses. Um, so, um, talking about that is important and how we, how we deal with it. I don't know if you got a chance to see that article, but what are your thoughts? I, I did. I got to see it. And, um, you know, I was really, I think when I first saw it, I was a little shocked, um, that she kind of opened up. She said that she, right after being diagnosed, which was about 10 years ago with, um, Graves disease, that she went through a very challenging period, which led to her, um, going through a bout of depression as well as anxiety, um, and just kind of being open now we're saying like, you know, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to, you know, have those moments and have moments where you need to just take that time away. So um, initially I was kind of like, wow, I can't believe like, you know, Missy was actually dealing with this or has dealt with this. But um, I, I really love that she's being open about that. Cause I think, like you said, it goes back to the point of, um, you know, you got to listen to your, your mental and your physical we don't do it enough. And no matter what industry you're in, no matter how much money you do or you don't make, like your mental and your physical is is very, very important. Um, so I just love that she was open enough and had enough transparency to have that conversation and be open with it um, so that, you know, she can reiterate or just, you know, help deliver the message of mental health, uh, physical health, um, and, you know, just kind of being aware of all of that. So I, I really like that. Um, Angelique, I don't know if you've been able to uh, check out the article, but what are your thoughts on it? I have not checked out the article, um, but I myself, I um, experienced a time of living in a nursing home in my 30s um, for about two years. And coming out of that, I realized that I was dealing with a heavy amount of depression, anxiety, and oddly, I had a lot of social anxiety, which was something that I didn't realize um, I was experiencing, but every time I was around large numbers of people, I was feeling panicky, um, very uneasy and things like that. It was something that I really needed to tap into in order to be successful with being able to regain my mobility and getting back to a normal life. Um, but it was also something that was hard for me to accept in the beginning. It's, I felt like saying that I was experiencing anxiety and depression were making me feel look like I was weak. Um, but I realized that it took me saying that I was experiencing a problem and actually seeking help and putting into myself, doing some self-care, some self-examination, and actually changing the way that I speak to myself. 
um, in order for me to come out of that area. So I do think that it's great that more celebrities are actually saying, you know, hey, I'm experiencing this because we automatically just kind of assume that all of them are like super strong and they're muscling through everything. And they probably are muscling through everything, but that doesn't mean that they're not experiencing mental health um, issues and things that are going on with them emotionally. Very well said. Um, and thank you, Angelique and uh, Jackie, for those um, those accounts. Um, it's, it's power in that. And Angelique, I can honestly share with you that I suffer from a lot of anxiety and depression in my life as well. And it's a power in vulnerability. Uh, it's a power in expression. And there are ways to do that. And hopefully people can find those safe spaces to do it. And that's actually a great segue into our Dharma talk. So our 365ers who are familiar, we have these segments called Dharma talks, which come from an Eastern tradition where it's essentially a small sermon to set the tone for the conversation. And today's Dharma talk is about the wisdom of kindness, because in a world full of judgment, cultivating compassion towards ourselves and others becomes a transformative practice. And kindness is a choice to promote well-being and alleviate suffering in the world. So when we are kind to ourselves, we find that inner peace, the equanimity, that self-acceptance, and we can replace the self-criticism with self-compassion and learn how to set boundaries that honor our well-being and extending that kindness to others creates connection, establishes empathy, and through acts of kindness, we brighten someone else's day, foster a culture of compassion. Today, we're talking about lipedema, which we're going to get into the science of it, but we're also going to talk about how it affects people emotionally and what are the stigmas culturally around the perception of how one looks in their body and how one feels in their vessel. So um, it's important that we learn how to embrace kindness in our, in our daily lives. And that gets to this, this Buddhist concept of mindfulness. Um, you need to be mindful how you think and how you speak. Because um, kindness, again, is, is a choosing process. You choose to be kind in each moment. And we show up differently in every moment. So it, it takes thoughtfulness, right? Um, with that being said, I'm, I'm excited to get into this conversation about lipedema. Very much so. Um, and just kind of want to throw out um, something that Missy said uh, in her article um, with Essence. Um, she shared that if we were all just a little nicer and a little kinder to everybody, the world would be just a little better. Um, so I just, you know, love that you talked about that. And then just, you know, hearing that Missy said the same thing, just is something I think the 365ers, we can all take away today is just being a little kinder and a little gentler to everybody because you never know what somebody is going through. Um, and speaking of not knowing what somebody is going through, um, Angelique, tell us your story. Um, you have lymphedema. Um, again, something that not a lot of people understand, something that not a lot of people know about. So, um, you know, kind of Tell us your story. How did lymphedema become a part of your life? Well, um, not a lot of people know about it, but a lot of us probably see it in our daily lives and especially in our families. Um, but we don't know what it is and we don't really understand what those people are going through as we were just talking about. Um, for myself, I was a rather heavy child um, but more bottom heavy, even as a child, big hips, big thighs, something that we see a lot in our community. Um, but my mom was asking a lot of questions, even when I was um, a toddler, um, as to why her child would have like cellulite looking formations on her thighs, 
um, the doctors just said it was baby fat, it would go away. Um, as I got older and I was more active um, and continued to get larger, the doctors started saying that I needed to lose weight. They were putting me on diets and things like that. I was going to like diet clinics at like eight and nine years old, um, trying to get it under control. I was also pretty active in um, doing sports and dancing and things like that, but it just was not going away. Um, by the time I was in my teens, they were recommending weight loss surgery. Um, and I had tried countless number of, um, of diets, countless numbers of exercise programs and regimens that we saw the fat diets of the nineties and all of those, I tried all of them and there was very little success and usually there was a lot more rebound, but that's at like a teenage years where you're more active anyway. Um, as I got older in my early twenties, I kind of gave up on things and just let the problem exasperate. But by my early or my late twenties, going into my thirties, it had really started to affect my mobility. Um, I had weight loss surgery at around age 30 and I ended up losing like 120 pounds in my upper body while my lower body continued to get larger during that entire time. Um, I went to doctors uh, probably starting at about 25 years old and started asking them about lymphedema, not lipedema, but lymphedema. Um, and at that time, the doctors were telling me that it was not possible that I had um, lymphedema during, due to the fact that I had it on both sides of my body. Usually lymphedema is asymmetric and lipedema is symmetric. Symmetric meaning that it affects both sides of your body. Um, so since it was affecting both sides of my body and doctors didn't really understand what lipedema was, they were only telling me that I was fat and I needed to lose weight. And literally those were the words that were said to me over and over again. You're fat, you just need to lose weight. No question about what I had gone through previously, but just that I was fat and I needed to lose weight. Um, so I had weight loss surgery at around 30 years old. And um, like I said, I lost upper body weight, my lower body continued to get larger. And after that, I finally got a, um, a nurse practitioner who was able to say, her words were, this is lymphedema. I don't know that much about it. You're a smart girl. You're gonna have to go back and figure it out for yourself. Which was great though. It was the best thing that I had heard so far because by this time I'm 30 years old and I am struggling to just get into my car. I'm struggling to drive. I'm struggling to work um, and I'm struggling to actually have hope for my life by this point. Um, so I researched it for a little bit and I got into some therapy for it. And one month into therapy, I lost my mobility completely. Um, so I was uh, okay with uh, the treatment that I had received, but I was unable to get any more treatment due to being able due, due to having lost my mobility. Um, so over the course of time, I started to progress a little bit with what I had learned, but I lost my, uh, I broke my ankle in 2017. After breaking my ankle, uh, I ended up in another rehab uh, hospital. And there I met someone who actually knew what lipedema was. But by this time, I was like about 35 years old. 
um, or 32, somewhere between 32 and 35 years old. So I had already experienced losing so much of my quality of life by that point uh, that her diagnosis ended up being just one more thread in the whole puzzle. Um, it wasn't a breakthrough at that moment, but it was nice to actually uh, be around people who understood what was going on with my body. Like that was the first time that someone looked at me and said, oh, you're in pain. I can see that you are in pain. I know what this is and there is help. Um, so with that being said, um, having lost my mobility, I ended up in a nursing home, as I said earlier, for two years. Um, and after coming out of the nursing home, I was able to go back to her facility for a little while and get better treatment um, there. But uh, lipedema affects 11% of women, as they're saying right now, it affects 11% of women, it affects women more heavily than men. And with so many people going around without knowing that they have the condition, without knowing that they are, that there is something going on with them, and with doctors just repeatedly telling them that you're fat and that the only thing that you need to do is diet and exercise, there's a large community of women who are suffering tremendously. Um, I'm hoping that at this point, now that I'm out of the nursing home and now that I am actively pursuing a better quality of life, that I'll be able to get the message out to more women that there is a condition going on with them. Uh, the pain that they're experiencing, there are treatments that can actually bring that pain down. Um, and you're not crazy. The doctors, uh, they might make you feel like you're crazy, but you're not crazy. There's something going on and there's treatment out there for you. Angelique, there's so much power in that narrative and, and that testimony that you just gave. Um, and I'm sorry that you had such a journey, such a crucible. Um, but on the other side of that, now you have a voice in a position of privilege where you can share this message for women and men. You know, I think a preliminary question, you know, you, we can make it scientific or you can just make it from your experience. But literally, what is lipedema? for 365ers who may be ignorant on the term itself? Lipedema is a symmetric buildup of fat, of adipose tissue. Um, it typically affects the lower body. Sometimes the upper body extremities are affected. Like uh, I think we sometimes call them potato salad arms on the upper ends here, those uh, wing flaps that hang down. Um, for some women, uh, and I actually have seen this in men too, it affects their panis area, which is like their stomach, that large hanging stomach. Um, but the typical uh, lipedema shape is more like mine, where the stomach isn't tremendously affected. There's not much stomach there, but just humongous hips and thighs. Sometimes the uh, large shelf butt that we see in our community, sometimes there. Um, and then we'll have, sometimes you see column type legs on women where there's not like a distinct knee there. So their leg just looks like a, a straight leg all the way up from the ankle straight through the thigh. Um, so the calves, the thighs, the hips, the buttocks, the stomach, 
the arms, those are areas that are typically affected by painful fat. It's not just any fat. Um, this is fat that comes out in a more nodular type of fashion, like walnuts, sometimes um, grains of rice, peas are felt in the fat areas and they are painful for a lot of different reasons. There's a lot of research that's still going on about lipedema. So they haven't targeted exactly where all of the pain comes from. They haven't targeted exactly uh, what causes it yet, but that's how we can kind of visually cue in on someone having lipedema. Um, the internal factors though, for the person who actually is experiencing lipedema ends up being a lot more. Like I said, you'll, you can feel nodulars of fat, unlike regular fat, which should just feel kind of smooth. Um, the lipedema fat is gonna feel uh, like grains, kind of hard. Um, sometimes you'll get excessive bruising. That's not in everyone. Lipedema is kind of a, a person by person type of thing. Your experience is a lot different, but these are things that are typically common. Um, pain is the one thing that radiates throughout the community. Um, where that pain is at, how that pain is um, experienced is different on a case by case basis, but pain is definitely there. For me, it's heavy amounts of nerve pain, there's shock pain, and there's like a pain that comes from the heaviness of the limb. Like just a, there's a tightening of the skin, almost like you feel when your um, arm is swollen or something like that, but a continual, on a continual basis. Um, there's also like some skin changes that happen with certain people. Um, some experience an orange peel type skin. I experienced, um, a thick hardening of the skin, which is called fibrosis um, and a darkening. And, but, but I believe that I experienced darkening as opposed to bruising because I'm black and the, the majority of people that have studied, uh, that have been studied were Caucasian. So I'm believing that we actually just get a little bit darker for ourselves. Um, and then some other things like fatigue, we talked earlier about uh, mental health, but depression actually ends up being a symptom that comes along with it because there's a lot of stress that happens throughout the body. But those are the, the typical symptoms that come along. So really quickly, um, and to clarify this for the 365ers and for myself, there is a difference between lipedema and lymphedema because I honestly thought that they were the same two things. Yes, they are two different things. Uh, lymphedema is something that affects your lymph system and is categorized by a weakening in your lymph chambers that allows lymph fluid to leak out. We, we see that a lot of times in um, people that have uh, breast cancer or they've had some type of trauma to their lymph node and you'll see like one enlarged arm or one enlarged leg. Um, that's one of the reasons why I had a hard time getting a diagnosis with lymphedema because it was affecting both sides of my body. Lipedema um, is basically the same thing, but that lymph fluid goes into the fat cells and the fat cell actually becomes different from a regular fat cell. So it no longer responds regularly to diet and exercise and other forms of therapies needs to be done in order to actually get that cell to reduce or to be removed. 
from um, a standpoint of where this comes from, is this genetic? Is this caused by lifestyle? How does one have this? There is still ongoing research to determine exactly where it comes from. Um, since it affects a majority of women, and that's not only women, but so far, it's a majority of women that have come forward with the condition um, and that it's been studied in. They believe that perhaps it could be some hormonal things. There could be hereditary issues causing it. Um, one thing that actually comes into play is obesity. Um, but it isn't categorized as obesity. And because it looks a lot like obesity, sometimes the stigma of obesity is carried on with lipedema. But um, lipedema can affect women of any size. A woman can be 100 pounds soaking wet and have lipedema and have her both of her limbs affected, have uh, her upper extremities affected. Um, she could be still experiencing pain. Um, and a lot of times that issue gets exasperated over time um, when they have hormonal shifts. Um, so usually there's uh, what we've seen a lot of are women who have uh, their symptoms experienced heavier during puberty or after childbirth or after menopause, those major hormonal shifts in women tend to bring on the symptoms a lot heavier. Um, so those are the things that they're thinking of right now, but nothing has been pinpointed just yet. Um, the knowledge of lipedema has been around for a long time, but the current research papers or research papers on lipedema, the bulk of them um, have only been written in the past four and a half-ish years, four to four and a half years. Um, so we're still learning a lot about the condition, but it's really important that women who are experiencing the symptoms actually get seen by a professional and start getting treatment before the symptoms get worse. Um, lipedema and lymphedema actually end up going hand in hand later on where um, there are stages that you can progress through with lipedema. And when you're in the later stages, like I am, you do have lymphedema attached to it. So if we can catch them earlier in time, that we're only dealing with lipedema instead of lipedema and lymphedema on top of that. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do like asking your healthcare provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at treatcovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. What type of doctor or specialist would you see? I know you said it took you a while to actually, you know, finally get a diagnosis. So, so for somebody, a 365er that may be listening and they may think like, hey, I may have uh, lipedema, who would you say they need to go talk to or go see um, so they don't, go through some of the, or have to get through some of the, the later stages? There are a large number of doctors that uh, could deal with the condition, but it's not standard that the first doctor that you go to is going to understand what you're going to, going through. So um, 
it could be a physical therapist, it could be an internist, it could be your primary care physician. Um, there, I've ran across people in different little pockets that knew, but there wasn't one general area where I could go and say, okay, I know if I go to this physical therapy clinic, they're gonna have the information that I need. One of my favorite therapists that knew the most of about my condition so far of the people that I've ran across, she just got hired at another facility and they don't treat lipedema at all. So the main thing with lipedema is doing research. Um, there are lists of physicians available on the Lipedema Foundation's website uh, that can actually help you to locate somebody who's in your area. Um, and there are Facebook groups that are out there that uh, actually give a lot of information about the condition and physicians that people have gone to that they have been able to get um, good information from. Um, and there's also a standard of care now. It's kind of new um, within the past three years, um, but we have that that's available that you can take to your physician if they don't know that much about it, but that's not a great place to get your diagnosis done. Sometimes it's gonna take a lot of work. Um, one of the ladies went to 23 people before she was able to locate somebody who was able to help her. So I think that the, the real message for anybody who feels like they are having the condition is don't give up. Don't just get um, to the point where you're, like I said, I was in my 20s, where you're not gonna do anything about it. Keep searching for the physician who is going to help you. If you feel like something is going on with your body and you're not able to lose the fat in those areas, something really might be going on with your body. So keep going until you find the physician that will know. Is this a condition that can go away? Does it, is it a lifelong um, condition? Even though there's not a cure for lipedema, we're hoping for a cure someday, but even though there isn't a cure for it, there are therapies that can help. Um, but it's not a one size fits all type of thing. Um, I do certain things for my lipedema that might not necessarily fit with other people. Um, but we know that compression so far has been the gold standard uh, across the board for people to use. Um, you have to be able to compress those fluids out in some sort of way. The way that you compress them might be different, especially depending on your thickness of skin, um, how bad your bruising is, how much pain tolerance you have. Um, but there are a lot of different therapies out there that can help alleviate pain um, and help to for people that are experiencing mobility issues, help with that, and also to debulk those areas that are not just ex going away due to diet and exercise. You mentioned that these fat cells are a little bit different than normal fat cells and exercise may not necessarily affect them the same way, but can exercise help? And are there types of exercises that you would recommend for someone with lipedema? Exercise may help. Um, there was a period of time where the lipedema community was told, um, by and large, do not exercise. Um, there is a lot of attention given to inflammation in lipedema people, um, and there's a lot of research going on as to how inflammation affects the lipedema body. 
Um, so for a period of time, they were telling lipedema women, like, do not exercise, do not cause any type of stress that's going to cause you to swell up even more. Um, over the period of time now, we're, we've been told that exercise is good, but you have to listen to your body. Things that are causing your body excess stress are not going to be good. They're going to actually go in the opposite. But if you can find things that kind of reduce the stress, but also give you exercise, like uh, pool exercises, um, I do a lot of stretching. Um, we believe that there's a lot of the phasia hasn't been studied that much um, and it hasn't been addressed that much among especially women's health. Um, but we believe that the more that you stretch, the more that those tendons might be able to loosen up and allow fluid to move a little bit more freely through there. And um, there's also vibration um, rebounding for many women. It just there's something different for each person, um, but the less amount of stress that you can put on your joints, but also keeping physical activity going. I think personally, I feel like that's the only way that we'll be able to survive as women. We have to keep our limbs going and we have to maintain our mobility as much as possible. Once you were given the diagnosis of lymphedema, um, were you given any like, I guess, suggestions as far as like different things to change in your diet to help with like the stressors of what may be happening with the body? Um, you know, any suggestions as far as like food, the food intake, because I know like what we what we intake into our bodies actually affect, you know, the inside and the outside. So um, were you given like a, a, a diet plan or like a nutrition plan like, hey, eat this, don't eat this? I was not, especially when I was first given my diagnosis, I was not given um, any type of instructions to go along with what to do. Um, and that's the story for a lot of women when they realized that they had lipedema. It took a lot of self-research and a lot of trial and error. Um, so there are women who um, have lipedema and they do lots of different things with their diet. There's ketovores. There are, um, for myself, I try to reduce my starch intake, my sugars, um, and even my meat. I, I'm opposite of the keto folks. I try to actually reduce my meat intake and up my, um, my whole grain intake. That actually works for my body, but that same thing could actually trigger inflammation in someone else. Um, one lady, she had an experience by eating just a very lean scallop. She gained six pounds overnight. So that's why we actually feel like there's a lot to do with inflammation there because the things that we ingest, we've noticed in ourselves cause us more inflammation. So what I try to do is when I notice that something causes me a lot of inflammation, I try to reduce that thing. The same with my exercise. When I notice that something actually reduces my inflammation, that's something that I go back to. When it's stale, I try to change it up to something different. But it's I think everything with lipedema ends up being a case-by-case -case basis because each body is reacting differently to something different. It could be things in your environment. Um, one thing that I noticed for myself was certain um, products that I was using on my skin. I needed to get rid of the pH balance was completely horrible for my body. It was causing skin tears, inflammation, and infection. 
So it was something that needed to change and something that I actually look through whenever I'm changing my skincare routine to try to make sure that what I'm putting on my body is also something that's not going to cause me excess inflammation. So we've discussed a, a lot of different therapies that one can can do in terms of their lifestyle and applying changes. For someone who's going through an, an extreme case, chronic case, um, what are some maybe even invasive procedures that people do, like liposuction, or what are some procedures that people can take when it gets too serious? I'm guessing that the most serious therapy that you can um, do for life for uh, lipedema is liposuction. Um, there are several surgeons who specialize in a lipedema liposuction. So it's not regular liposuction. What they're doing in that case is that they're removing the disease cells and they're targeting just the disease cells, but they're also sparing the lymph chamber because um, they don't want to exasperate the condition and cause more lymph fluid to cause the issue to come back later on down the line. So if someone is going that far um, with therapy, it's very, very important that they find a specialist, a surgeon who, um, who really, really understands lipedema, who has studied lipedema um, tremendously. But it really does do a lot to look at more conservative therapies first before going straight to lipedema. The other therapies like massage and compression, um, dietary changes, certain exercise changes, lifestyle changes, and there's a lot of self-care that you can do between dry brushing and gua sha tools and things like that. Um, that you can do to work on your body. And my personal suggestion is that you do the conservative therapies before jumping to liposuction. The, um, the other therapies will be with you for life. They're a, it's a condition that you have for life. So those therapies will be there and actually having those habits established prior to going into surgery are, is best. Uh, Angelique, we do this thing called What's Your 365, and it is where we ask, um, you know, our guests to to give, you know, some closing words or a piece of advice or you know, something in that nature to our 365ers. Um, so, you know, I want to toss the What's Your 365 to you. If you could leave a, a piece of advice or a little nugget, a gem with the 365ers, what would it be? Don't give up. Like life is hard um, and things are being thrown at you continuously, but especially if you have a chronic illness like uh, lipedema or any other chronic illness, it is so easy to look at your situation and feel hopeless and feel like there's not a way out. But if you give up hope, there's definitely no way out. The only way to actually overcome these challenges is to have hope and to fight. You're going to have to fight and be your own advocate, sometimes even with yourself. You have to tell yourself, I've got this, I can come out of this, and there's going to be a brighter day. Angelique, I absolutely love it. Um, you know, hearing your story, hearing everything that you've gone through and just seeing like the spark and the light and the hope in your eye. Um, it's just, it's really, it's, it's really inspirational. 
Um, because there are a lot of people that would have tapped out a long time ago, but you're like, hey, you know what? I'm not giving up. I'm not going to stop. And then you're also helping other people um, not give up and you're helping other people not stop. So um, you're an inspiration, literally like a, a great inspiration. It really emanates from you. And, and going back to the Dharma talk, that kindness that you have extended to yourself, it has created a platform to be extended to others. Um, so beautiful. Um, the lippy butterfly, Angelique, where can people find you? At the Lippy Butterfly. Um, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. And tonight I will be on the Lipedema Roundtable. Um, so if you do have Lipedema or you think you have Lipedema or somebody that you know might have Lipedema, reach out on any of those or tell them to tune into the Lipedema Roundtable and get more information that way. Absolutely love it. Angelique. Thank you again so, so very much, 365ers. If you have something that you want us to cover, talk about, dive into, you know we're here for you. Uh, make sure you hit that follow button on Instagram at Black Health 365 Again, that's Black Health 365 Slide in them DMs. We got you covered. I'm Jackie Page. You can find me at Love Jackie Page. And I'm Britt Daniels. You can find me at ProfitFitness.life. As always, 365ers, it is your responsibility to be an advocate for yourself and extend kindness to yourself as well. And that will spread into the community. Peace and I'm staying love. Black Health 365 is an Urban One and Reach Media production hosted by Jackie Page and Britt Daniels. Created by Samuel Tatum and Laura Lopez. Executive produced by Brittany Jackson and Kadisha Campbell. Editing and production, Jahi Whitehead. Sales and corporate sponsorship, Patty Johnson.